Hello again, uh, George Hofford, Local Matters. Uh, I am so excited today to have as a, uh, a key community leader, a friend, a, a, a mentor, uh, Lillian Hartgrove. Lillian is uh, uh, retired or about to retire, but it carries on so many roles, and I'm going to let her tell you about that. I promised her I'm going to try to be quiet, which is hard to do, but uh, this show, and I was telling Lillian, just a reminder, this is a story about people in the in the Cookville, Putnam County, Allgood, Baxter, Monterey, the Upper Cumberland, who daily, uh, who make it not just make a difference, but who contribute to the fabric of our community. And it's 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 about you, Lillian. It's and so and that's hard for us who who you who are used to giving the credit away. And being a communitarian, so we're just going to jump uh, right into this. And I told you before we went on, this is about you. And I told you again, who are you? Where'd you come from? Let's start at birth, and let's just talk about you and growing up and your passions and any anything you want to talk about. And I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting, George. So first of all, I want to say thank you for inviting me to be on the show sure. today. I'm excited to be here with you and to take a walk down memory, memory lane, lane and go back in the deep, dark recesses of my brain. But um, basically to, to talk about who I who I am, well, first of all, um, I think I have to start with where I came from. Yes. I was born on the Mississippi coast in a small mm-hmm. town called Bay St. Louis, mm-hmm. Mississippi. And I lived there, uh, frankly, in, until I, I did go to, away to college, but I went back to the coast after I graduated. And there I met my husband, who actually was from another state. He was from Miami, Florida. Yeah. And we got married and we moved to Miami. So I lived there for 28 years with him. And I, when I first got there, I wasn't sure exactly what uh, career path I would take because my education was not necessarily aligning with what I thought I wanted to do. But I ended up in banking, and I started working for SunTrust Banks, and I stayed with them for a total of 33 years, 28 in Miami and five when I came up here because they did ask me to transfer to Cookville to open up Cookville's uh, SunTrust state-of-the-art call center, which I I did. Mm -hmm. And then after being in that role for five years, then I did retire, uh, frankly, because the company was downsizing and Mm -hmm. they were cutting out my layer of management. And so that opened up an opportunity uh, through you because you had asked me when you came on board to be on the board for the Cookville Putnam County Chamber of Commerce. Yes. And so I was uh, happy and delighted to serve in that capacity. And we, you came to know me and vice versa. So then, of course, after that, you said, ah, Lillian, I'm going to come visit you because now that you're leaving SunTrust, you said we've got it. Joe Albright. Now I think I believe that's right. That's yes. correct. You yeah, and, the late Joe Albright. Good friend. You, you and Joe came to to see me because I had told you that I was going to pour myself into uh, civic duties and giving back and and serving on that various boards. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, not a mistake. No, it was I'm, not. I it said, was not. <laughs> it was not because I was already. I already sure had that even with the job at SunTrust, which was uh, being the call center manager was pretty intense in and of itself. But I was taught a long time ago from my father and the way that I was raised with my parents and then also with the CEO of our bank um, in Miami to 
be a servant leader and to give back. You just don't go to your day job and do your no. day job. You get out in the community and you meet other people. And by doing that, you're, you're serving the community. You're helping the place where you live. You're giving back. And in turn, you're really helping the company you work for. Yes. So we did that. But I'm uh, going to stop and see if there's anything you want to just, uh, ask or I add. Was, we were talking offline. You know, people who don't know Mississippi or didn't grow up understand, like any place, like Tennessee is three states. Mississippi is not just one state. You grew up in a very uh, progressive part of our state, uh, the Gulf Coast. You want to t- share that and just talk about your experiences and growing well, up and going to school? I believe you went to uh, uh, Catholic uh, you I did. We're going to come back to that in a moment. Yeah. All girl Catholic school. Yes. Yes. Well, I grew up 50 miles east of New Orleans. And so, in a way, we were like a suburb of New Orleans. And then on the coast, we had Gulfport and and Biloxi. Um, But my small hometown was just a beautiful little oasis Mm -hmm. with um, just the lifestyle was, was idyllic. And Frankly, you find yourself saying, why would anybody want to leave there? And if you left there, you wanted to go back. And the only challenge with going back is, unfortunately, the devastation of hurricanes. And I lived through through one of the most devastating and then one that happened, um, gosh, not that terribly. Well, it is long ago in comparison. (laughs) Yeah, Hurricane Katrina destroyed my hometown, just like Camille did. So, but anyway, it's a, a beautiful place to live, and it is completely different from the, from the rest of the state because it it's is. coastal. It's coastal, and everything centers around water and oh yeah, uh, tourism and things of that nature. So it's yeah, I'm saying that different. in a very positive way. The yes. Gulf Coast is, is is wonderful. It's just hard to explain. It's not there's different Mississippi's. There, like there is just like there's different Tennessee. It's Tennessee's different from, uh, areas. Yeah. Exactly. So. Talk a little bit about Miami. I, that's intriguing to go from the. I know you. <laughs> you met your husband. I think he was at a Columbus he, Air Force Base. He was or? at no. He no. was at uh, Keesler Air Force Keesler, Base. Keesler. Okay. Yes, and I in Biloxi. In Biloxi, I was working while I was in my first couple of years of um, college, and he came into a gift shop where I was working, and he was buying gifts for his girlfriend who became his fiance. So well, he and know. I were friends. We were just good oh, friends. Sure. Sure. We were. We really, truly were just good friends. Um, so uh, we ended up falling in love, and we moved. Got I moved married. to Miami, and it was a culture shock in a huge way. It was very different, very difficult. Frankly, I cried for the t- first two years oh, sure. because it's like I don't have anybody here except my husband, and then of course his his parents, who I did not know that well. But it was so different because I gave up everything. I gave up my work. I g- gave up uh, my friends, my family. Oh, sure. And when I say I gave them up, it's because I couldn't see them when I wanted to see them. I could talk on the phone and things of that nature. But it was vastly different. But then I started working at SunTrust, as I mentioned. That was not the name of the bank back then, but ultimately became SunTrust. And I got to know a lot of people. Trust Company Bank? Was that uh, in Georgia? Sun, or yes. Well, I was merger. originally with Flagship. Flagship was bought out Flagship. by Sun. Bank, okay. Sunbank merged with Trust of Atlanta, right. Georgia, right. and That's became right. Sun Trust. And now they're no longer uh, the, right. the title of the of the bank has changed. The name of the bank is now Truist. So yeah. yeah. So yes. years passed. You uh, have a, a daughter, and yes. now a granddaughter. We'll come back to the grand. Uh, but talk about. Uh, I just think it's so cool that you. Uh, you got to experience uh, an urban area and learn. Uh, talk about Miami just a little bit. I like to 
Hey, Ooh, uh, you can't do that in just a <laughs> No, that but, would be that would be very difficult to do. But, Miami just incredibly fast paced, an international city. Yes, yeah. Uh people from all over Latin America, uh Cuba of course, uh, in mm-hmm. a huge way. Um Haiti, but a lot of different Latin American countries and uh, from Europe as well and then a lot of people from the north and so that was stunning to me All the way it to was Miami. not like living in the south and you think no, you're no. near to the most southern tip of the United States if you go to Key West you are yeah but in Miami it was not truly like an american city it was just it's a world so city. diverse it's an international it was city. an inter- truly an international city and so that was a quite an experience and I, I didn't care for it at first, but, but eventually, you know, you grow to appreciate it. And the people that I had the opportunity to work with were phenomenal. Great and yeah. the majority of them were, were Hispanic, Latins, and um, their work ethic was just in, mm-hmm. incredible and just so refreshing. Um, and so that was an exciting part of it. And I met people from all over the world because I did wait on customers. I was I started out as a teller, then I moved into customer service, wow. then I became a branch manager, and then I went into another area of the bank and had some promotions that put me in touch with all kinds of different people. So it was interesting and exciting, and I grew because I was That's a very shy girl word. from Mississippi who was afraid of her own shadow, <laughs> but there was no way after being in that world, and I got into management after my first year, and when you're managing people, you better be That's up right. for the challenge. And that includes interfacing with customers, and t- mm-hmm. the customers could be just as tough as they came. And, and the employees, you know, they're always testing, and they want to know what they can get away with, just like yeah. children. Sure. But uh, sure. you have to show what you're made out of and give people the freedom and rope to do their job and be successful and provide support and backing to them without – you don't have to – you can be a manager and not be – Ruling with an iron fist, if you will. No so question. I got, I became to really, I came to really enjoy managing. So you, know, you used the word growth a while ago, and most people that we run into would tell you that the real growing learning experiences maybe didn't come from formal education. It's your life experiences doing what you did in Miami and did in uh, Bay St. Louis. It's people and learning different, just learning, lifelong learning, which is what we talk about. Absolutely. There's no question about that. Yes, I, I had my degree, and like I said, it was not related. Most and yet us, you, yeah. you start to get more confident when you go through college and you graduate. However, when you go into the work world and you allow yourself to experience mm-hmm. every opportunity that's given to you, because I knew a lot of employees who said, no, don't let them teach you that. If they teach you that, you're going to get stuck doing that forever. And I said, well, they're paying me to do a job, so I'm (laughs) going to do whatever they ask me as long as it's moral and ethical and it's not hurting anyone. So that took me to uh, greater uh, responsibility and opportunities. Yeah, Ruth, this hadn't really changed. The Dudley do-right, go early, stay late, be be there, be a team player. Companies are looking for that still. And I said it's not – it's not magical. I mean, it's not. No, it's there's con- no, no, uh, no silver bullet. It's just being competent and doing your job, doing it to the best of your ability. And, and it's just it's opportunity there. And I've watched, uh, I've watched you, uh, onlooker, you. Uh, what a what a great asset you have been learning and being in this community. Uh, a little, uh, you came to a small what I used to call mountain town because we're up high, you know. 
Championship. What, what, we're going to get into that in just a few minutes. Uh, uh, George Hawford with Local Matters with a, a good friend, colleague, and someone I really admire, Lillian Hartgrove, back soon. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. We're back. George Halford uh, with Lillian Hartgrove uh, talking about uh, her experiences in our community as a, as a true communitarian and leader. Uh, Lillian, we were talking off air just then. You, you lived in a community kind of like Cookville, different, I mean, Gulf Coast, but a smaller community. Grew up there in Mississippi. Then you... you you catapult all the way down to an international city with with your uh, new husband and spent a create a life there. Had a child, and then you had an opportunity with uh, SunTrust Bank and would to come uh, back north uh, to a, a mountain type town, a, a small community, much like in some ways you left. So. Talk. Uh, what did you experience during that transition? What were your feelings? And I know you've done great, and you're now home because you're retired. Y'all retired, retiring here, retired here. You're not retired. Talk about that experience and the early years and here and what you experienced, you and your husband and your daughter. I'm happy to do that, George. Well, leaving Mississippi, the Mississippi coast, it was a smaller population but, than Cookville, but leaving there and going to Miami was a huge shock and quite an adjustment. And so I learned to adjust to life in Miami. Yes. So when leaving that international city with such diverse population and heavy duty traffic, I moved here to Cookville, Putnam County with my husband and uh, my daughter who was in college at the time at Florida State to come to another adjustment. And the adjustment was that because everybody was so friendly, it was a reminder of what I left at home yes. in Mississippi, yes. but it was completely different from what it was in Miami because if a stranger looked at you, you were thinking they're getting ready to rob you. And if a stranger here spoke to you, you could look at them and go, oh, are they getting ready to do the same thing? But it, it was quite the opposite. It was because yes. people here are genuinely good and kind and and willing to help you and wanting to help you out along the way if it was finding a church for you and telling you what restaurants and stores to go to it was completely different but if somebody got in your space it was kind of i was i was intimidated at first and it didn't take long to realize mm-hmm. people were just so nice and so friendly and you know it's like getting in a in into the a crossroads here you get come to the crossroads and people are saying well you can go now and no giving you the signal no you go no that's you right. go and that's in miami right. 
They're fighting you, right. and they're 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 pushing into the intersection when it's not by a law. You can't do that here. But in, in in there, you don't get to go where you're going if you're not pushing forward. So it was just so much more aggressive to, to what it is here. So here it's dramatically different. But this is what I prefer. Yes. This yes. is this Same is way. home, and it's more like what I grew up with except the difference is you don't have the oh it's not the ocean the gulf of mexico we have the beautiful mountains we don't have There's so ocean. many other assets that are here <laughs> that you can just embrace and be excited about so you know i've never lived in a city the size of miami but i, if I got as far as charlotte one time and what i learned is what you were saying it's density of population you just learn i mean it's a different people don't mean to be but it's just it's such a different world of moving and fast and quick and impersonal, and you learn to you develop do. boundaries. Is that well? Yes, and you learn to become more. I'm going to say assertive because I don't like the yes, word you do. aggressive. Yes, you do. But I could not change lanes on the interstate when I first moved there because I put my signal on to get over. Oh no, they run over. Five lanes <laughs> south, five lanes north, and there was no getting over because nobody was being polite. They're getting. They're trying to get where they're going. So you have to learn to be assertive, to be successful. Yes. And then slow it down a bit when you get to Cookville. Now, of course, since we, we've been living here 20 years, things have picked up their pace here with the growth that we've realized here in, in the Upper Cumberland, but in particular Cookville and Putnam County. So now it's like, oh, my goodness, we have now. some traffic here. <laughs> <laughs> it's backing up. It's taking longer to get to from well, point that, A to B. So you move here. Uh what a huge deal for our community and region to think that we could recruit an, uh, a SunTrust uh, urban-type facility, uh, urban-suburban. Uh, and and what, 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 you, what SunTrust and you brought here. But talk about getting started and your, your commitment, uh, Bob Bell and Tennessee Tech and what you found and just anything during those early years. Uh, I will say in the early years, I actually came here before we could you even op- open up the call center because we were uh, determined to hire 300 people in the first year, which was a pretty pretty That's ambitious huge. and aggressive uh, timetable. So we had to get started pretty quickly, and we couldn't wait for the facility to be <clears> built. But at the time, Nashville State Community College, obviously some people may not know that that's now the campus of, of uh, Ball State Community College yes. and the Tennessee Higher Education. What did they call it? The, it's a campus. It's a, it's a center. Yeah, it's a, it's a multi. The higher education campus. It's, it's a multi, multi-unit. Great. Exactly. So um, we there was lots of space in that facility because it was still brand new. Um, we worked out a contract with Nashville State to be able to house our new employees there. We did training there as well as we opened up a, a small call center right yes, there, beginning our, our process to get people yes, ready did. for uh, to, for going live. Because we, I came here in February of 2003, and we opened in May of 2003. So, but by the time it was, it was easily till December before we had close to 300 people that we had to hire. But it's, it's it's all hands on deck, and we actually had to hire manpower to help us because even though SunTrust has its own recruiting it arm, was a different. we could not do it without the help of other other resources. And we brought personnel managers in from other part of the footprint to come in. And help with the hiring process because just weeding through all of the candidates who were interested in getting that job 
um, it took a lot of time and because working in a call center is not for everybody. No, and so no. we, we tried to do everything in our power to make sure that people understood what the job was all about. So, yeah, the, the challenges were most people here did not know what it was like to work in a banking no. in the banking world period in a call center, secondly, and then mixing the two together because the language <clears> of banking is, is, is quite different and the rules and the regulations and policies go on and on and on and on and on. So – it was uh, pretty intense, but we were fortunate. I will tell you the positives were that we found a, an excellent workforce yes, here yes. that um, really surpassed the, the uh, workforce in the other areas of our footprint in, in SunTrust. And so we had people from other parts of the state who didn't want to come here to help us with recruiting or training or any of that. And once they got here... They loved it, and they didn't want to leave because they found they realized that the the employees were so dedicated to learning the job, and they would stay after and want to ask questions. And so we had a, a great experience in that regard. Now the challenge was on the diversity side of it because yeah. SunTrust does pride itself on hiring a diverse workforce. Let's come back to that in in, another, in the next segment. But SunTrust came here, and you took root and grew. And, be, and I want to talk about that, became uh, the SunTrust number one most productive uh, center in your five or six uh, banking network. So it, it became known. You were, I believe, all those, they reported to you, and you had a great experience um, right. with that. Is that? Yes. Well, when uh, we first came here, the the, t- the task was to, to – become the best. That was my goal. That and, was my expectation. And, you did. <laughs> and and we and we did. And so that was a, a huge success. And but I, I did have the other centers reporting to me, not all of them at one time, but eventually all of them reported to me. And so it was just a phenomenal um, experience. Don't want to gloss over that. Want to come back in just a moment. George Hofford with Lillian Hartgrove and we just don't have enough time, Lillian, to to go deep. The memories. Uh back soon. George Hofford again, uh, Local Matters with Lillian Hartgrove. My time flies when you're having fun, Lillian. Let me clarify. I, I, I'm sure I think there's been a little, um, I've created a little confusion here. Lillian is retired from her paying job, her professions, and uh, uh, SunTrust and then certain of the chamber, we, we really haven't spent a, a nearly enough time on workforce development and what you found at the chamber. And, um, uh, what you found when you came here, and how you you were able with the team to grow the the organization, and and then where we're going, and and again the big role, a big role is uh, state board of education. You were appointed, uh, uh, you uh, serve, you've been chair. I, I think are you still chair of the state board? I think you. I am chairman emeritus. I we okay. we elected a new yeah. chairman in February because my term, my my second term, because terms are five years each. My second term is ending in on April the first of twenty twenty four. So I'm stepping down. I am not asking to yes. be reappointed. So we had to elect a new chairman this past February. So let's weave about two hours worth of okay. stuff into a few minutes. Let's just talk about all that you. You came, you got involved, you grew, the SunTrust uh, Sun grew. Then you left the SunTrust, the chamber, and workforce development, all that. Just kind of 
I'm going to shut up and listen a little bit. Go right ahead. I'm going to see if I can tackle what I you know, just I know. I, what that's you just, just asked way me. too much. That's way too well, much. Well, you know, I, I said this. Coming here and, and finding this excellent workforce was critically important to the mm-hmm. su- success of the company. But I would be terribly remiss if I did not mention Tennessee Tech. No because question. one of the primary reasons that SunTrust chose to come here was because of Tennessee Tech and, and education in general here. So it was about the other um, uh, agencies that were here. So it was Nashville State at the, at the time. No um, the Tennessee College of Applied Technology and, yep. and any anywhere we, we could find people who were willing to work a diverse set of hours. I mean, when I say diverse, uh, yeah. we were open uh, 24 by 7, so 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So we needed to find people who were willing to work all hours of the day and night, and that was possible with the university and, sure. and the college and, and so so on and so forth, and citizens at large. But Tennessee Tech was a huge uh, help to us because in the beginning we needed to recruit people to come from other parts of our footprint because you cannot start a a company without having experienced leaders come with you. And so we had to initially bring people from other parts of um, SunTrust's call center footprint. And so um, I was initially able to attract them here, but keeping Candidates who were Here. of color uh, yes. or or Hispanic were it was kind of hard to get them here in the first place because the kinds of goods and services that they were looking for were were not here, but we had great support in Tennessee Tech uh, with the leadership at the university who who met with our team uh, and and certainly pointed out the things and ways that they could become involved in the places that they could go to find what they were, were looking for. So we were successful in keeping this leadership team here long enough to where, so when we were able to grow our own, and we did grow our own because a lot of the, of the individuals who came from Richmond or, or Norfolk, Norfolk or um, Orlando eventually went back home because yes. diversity was greater, but diversity has been in, in growing and changing here, um, and that's that was important to um, SunTrust and Truist at now, then and now. Um, and then, of course, I left the world of banking to work for the Cookville Putnam County Chamber of Commerce and the Highlands Economic Partnership. And, George, you uh, recall vividly asking me to take care of existing industry yes. and try to attract new yes, industry. Yes, you were for economic development. Economic development is what you banking. hired me for. And you said, I want you to bring new companies. And it you know, you gave me a great training ground, and uh, the late Joe Albright was was love a big Joe. a big part of oh, that. Doctor Bell, yeah. um, as president of the um, IDB Industrial Development Board, so there are a great team of people that helped in that regard. Um, and so the challenge, though, was we had the Highlands Business Park. But there was no development there. We, the infrastructure was not there. And we right. didn't have a lot of land that had already been developed. So it was really challenging That's to right. attract anyone. But I, w- I kept hearing over and over again from existing industry, Lillian, you're trying to attract all this new business and industry. And we're struggling to find the workforce that we need, the skilled workforce. We do not have yeah. the people who are leaving school prepared to do the kind of jobs we have here. Here with Lillian Hartgrove, this is a great segue, too, into the next phase of economic development is workforce development and vice versa. So this is a, a great retired uh, executive uh, CEO of SunTrust and 
entering her chamber career. Uh, and let's 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 talk about that for the next few minutes about workforce development, how Definitely. that morphed. Absolutely. Uh, what we've done. And then, of course, the state board. Well, and the, the reality is because of what I was hearing from existing industry, I, I went to you, George, and I said, George, we have to do something. We have yep, to take up the did. mantle to address the challenges with the readiness of the, of the workforce. And you said, OK, Lillian, will you take that on? You're going to continue to do economic development That's and right. take on workforce. And I said, absolutely, because. Economic development is workforce development. And I, you know, I kept my mantra was you can have all the land in the world with all the right infrastructure. However, if you do not have the workforce that's ready to do those jobs, then we will not continue to be successful in economic development. That's right. So I was thrilled that we were able to launch um, a huge endeavor with yes. different stakeholders. We had K through 12 education, higher education, and business and industry at the table, getting outside their silos and coming into the boardroom at the Chamber of Commerce, uh, rolling up their sleeves and, and beginning to brainstorm about, well, what would this look like? So we realized we had to do uh, have a steering committee. Yes. And Dr. Susan Elkins at the time yeah, she did. became our that. chairman of our steering committee, and she brought in all the full force of the education world to come to the table, K-12, as well as the, uni- the university. And we worked on the industry side of that. And so it evolved over time, and it became something that took on a life of its own with more and more industry wanting to become a part of it because K-12 was all bought in as well as, as higher ed. But it was not easy. It was no. difficult to accomplish. And we were doing it before anybody else in the state was even thinking about it because eventually the state wants to you know address it because it's a huge issue for the state to try to attract industry to to the state. But we we did it for ourselves. We said we're not waiting for the state of Tennessee to come in and help us figure out how to do it for ourselves. And so um, we launched something that became very successful, so much so that uh, we caught the eye of a national organization called Jobs for the Future. That's right. And um, the Tennessee Department of Education became a huge partner in the work called Pathways to Prosperity. I remember that. We were the first of two regions in the state that became a part of that, and that propelled our work beyond where it had gone before. And there's so much more to it. We could take we the rest time, of the we could spend a couple more days <laughs> talking about that because it's been huge. Well, we became a national model. and But, you know, you, I remember how we used to tell uh, groups, and not bragging, but we said, be careful because this doesn't work in a lot of places. You've got to have the team and the buy-in. And we certainly had that under your leadership and others. It was just a, it was a great time. Well, you had we set goals, and you had to prove right. that you were going to achieve them, and you had to consistently show that you were making a change, making a difference, because right. the employers would not continue That's to come right. to, ta- to the table. You're not going to waste their time. And so uh, it was a beautiful thing, actually, and it was the, to witness. It was the age-old thing of we don't care who gets credit. No. The chamber was a, a – a, a, Catalyst, really. We were catalysts. Mm-hmm. We're, and so it's uh, – That's who we are. It should be, and that's what we're doing. I, I, that brought back a lot of great memories. But it was not like we just woke woke up one day and this was um, – uh, It was deliberate and uh, planned. And it took a few years. It did. It did not just happen overnight. It did. You know, we really um, – I've been accused of having a faith-based show <laughs> – uh, my past guest, and I know that that transcends everything we do. Uh, 
Lillian Hargrove is with me today for the last few minutes and talking uh, about her church, St. Thomas Aquinas. Well, thank you for that, George. I, I can say that, again, you know, like anything in, in life, um, you go where the Spirit moves you, right? Amen. And so <clears throat> I would say I, I was doing a lot of things at, at church for a number of years, and frankly, I was on our finance committee up until I think about a year or two ago. <laughs> I think 17 years I served on that. I was on believe. the parish council. I was a Eucharistic minister, commentator, um, and all those different kinds of things. Served on our fall festival committee. And I've not done as much of that since, uh, frankly, I was serving on several boards at the same time. And um, then the state board came along and it became a full-time job, especially when I was asked to be the chairman of the uh, state board. So especially during the time of COVID, it really truly was full-time. Difficult. And um, so I had to back off of a lot of different things. And now we have a new pastor and I'm sure he wants to snag me to, Uh as anybody, everybody who is um, a member of a church, I think desires um, some more than others to give their talents because God gives us our talents and it's up to us to. We're here to serve. To serve. And we can't keep them to ourselves. God doesn't want us to do that. No. And we were talking off air again, Lily, and the, uh, the the experience of the, the Southern communities. We had we had all this industry move in in the 60s, 70s through today. And a lot of our Northern uh, companies uh, – have a strong Catholic tradition, so we've we've been blessed to have Saint Thomas Aquinas and the difference it has made, and the difference you've made in that church and with your team. Well, it goes back to what you said earlier, George. It's it's really about everybody. Uh, it's not about one person. It takes Amen. it takes a village. It takes all the people, all the resources coming together and realize we all have a role to play. We're better together, and that sounds trite. It It sounds hokey, but it's the absolute truth, and success comes from us working together. I just want to personally thank you for making such a difference in my life and what you're doing to make difference in our community's life. Lillian Hartgrove, retired. I want to make sure people know that. Uh, Thank you so much, and uh, thank you again. Thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it.